Hello, this is John Mangini, Vice President of Marketing with the New Jersey Bankers Association. Welcome to the New Jersey Banker Podcast. Today, our President and CEO, Mike Afuso, sits down with Matt Cooney, President and CEO of Bankers Cooperative Group, to discuss how companies can address rising healthcare costs, how to communicate complex health plans to employees, the evolving workplace, and more. Thanks, John. Today, joining us, we have Matt Cooney. He's the CEO of Bankers Cooperative Group, an affiliate of New Jersey Bankers Association, and they sell some great products to our members for healthcare and other employee benefits. So, Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what I just talked about, what BCG is, who you are, and what you do, for those who may not be familiar. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you having me here. Uh, So, Bankers Cooperative Group, we go back all the way to 1982. Uh, So, we've been providing employee benefit solutions to member organizations of New Jersey bankers uh, that include group medical, dental, vision, life, and disability. Uh, What makes us unique is that we are specifically focused on the members of New Jersey bankers, and that includes our member banks, as well as associate members. And again, that's the delivery of their group medical, dental, vision, life, and disability programs. Today, after 40 plus years, we stand with nine total employees, and all of us are here prepared to take care of our members, uh, their employees, and their families. So that's great. And and we really appreciate what you do here. You know, I get to go out and meet with a lot of bankers, bank CEOs, as well as employees of banks. And um, they only have great things to tell me about the good work that that you and your folks do at BCG. You certainly uh, stand with them at at some very trying times in their lives. So, For those who know, they know. So I understand right now you're preparing for the release of the annual employee benefits survey. What insight can you share with us from the results of this this year's survey? Yeah, we we love doing this. We love putting together this survey. So this is going to be our 13th annual edition of the employee benefits survey. What we do, just a little bit of background on the survey itself, is that we go out to all the members, you know, the member banks here of New Jersey Bankers, uh, and we ask them a series of questions. Uh, there's probably over you know, 45, 50 questions that we ask. And we've been pretty consistent about the questions that we've been asking of our members. Uh, and we take those responses and we put together this report. Um, the report itself uh, really remains largely unchanged, I'll say, in, in a couple of different areas, uh, most notably of which is on the group healthcare side. Uh, really, year over year, the increases that we're seeing have been pretty stable, pretty consistent. Uh, healthcare increases for the past two, three, four years have really ranged in, in a range between six to eight percent, and that's been pretty consistent year over year. As far as the number of plans that our our member banks are offering, they average between offering two to three medical plans. Again, all these things have been really consistent. The plan designs of the healthcare plan itself; these are things like the deductible, things like the max amount of pocket the copay. They've all been staying in a relatively tight range as far as where they've been at. Now, obviously, there's been some, you know, slight increases year over year uh, to those things. Again, the copays, the deductibles, the max amount of pocket. As far as employers' share of the contribution, that also has been pretty consistent. And obviously, uh, the member banks here are, are taking on the lion's share of the cost as far as the contributions towards the premiums of those plans. A couple trends that we're seeing uh, that are unique is the growth of voluntary benefits. Voluntary benefits are products like accident, hospital indemnity, critical illness. 
I think where people would probably recognize those the most would be in commercials. Commercials that Affleck does a great job putting out there. So I think everyone's familiar with it from that standpoint. But here across New Jersey, again, our members, if you go back just three, four years ago, probably only about 20% of our member banks were offering those products. You fast forward to today and the results of the survey you're going to see this year, over 50% of our member banks are now offering those products. Again, voluntary accident plan that helps when you have a slip and fall, have to go into the emergency room. It pays you a cash amount when you have that type of incident occur. Critical illness, God forbid somebody has a heart attack or is diagnosed with cancer. It pays a flat lump sum um, to the individual when something like that occurs. The growth of those plans, again, over 50% of the, the banks are now offering, uh, offering those products. And I think what it does is it coincides with you know, some of the slight increases you're seeing where employees are taking on a greater share uh, of the deductible, of max amount of pockets. Um, you know, when people are incurring significant health events, they're taking, you know, these types of plans to offset those expenses and those costs. That's another trend. Going back to some other things, definitely see the uptick in the embracing of technology. You know, the folks that are administering these plans from the HR side, um, paper is definitely is gone. Paper is non-existent. You got to be taking advantage of technology. Um, you know, the other thing we're seeing is just the evolving workplace culture, the, you know, the dynamic of working from home uh, and how that has changed within the workplace and how that, you know, response has come across uh, here in the survey. But again, to highlight, you know, relative stability in the world of healthcare, the plans themselves, obviously we're seeing, you know, some of the in increases, which has been in a range between six to 8% year over year. And it has been at that range for the past several years. And really, uh, one of the key takeaways is just really the continued growth in, in voluntary benefits. So you talked about what you see in the non-voluntary or, or voluntary benefits, I'm sorry, um, as far as trends go. But can you talk to us a little bit more about healthcare and healthcare costs and what the trends are there? Because that's really the, the, the underlying largest piece of the, of the benefit spend. Definitely, definitely, Mike. I mean, this is where all of our members put their attention. Uh, not that this is the only thing that, that has the focus, but definitely takes up uh, a great share of where the focus is at when it comes to employee benefit strategies, the healthcare costs, the healthcare spend itself. So you mentioned, you know, the increasing costs. Uh, inflation is definitely there. Inflation is getting everyone's attention just at the, you know, at the, at the macro level overall across the economy. It's always been present in healthcare. You know, year over year, you see increases that are ranged between six, seven, eight percent. That's been consistent. It's been consistent for, you know, for decades, really. Part of that is on account of the increasing advances in healthcare, which is a great thing. You know, the, the, the advances that we've made in medicine and pharmaceuticals, it's doing some really great things. There's other elements that contribute to it as well. And, and part of that is just human behavior and human condition. Unfortunately, you know, there, there are issues that, you know, we're not taking as good of care of ourselves as we can be. You know, we're not exercising enough. We're not eating right. You know, smoking, all these elements contribute to those elevating costs. But right now, at this very moment, there's some really concentrated areas of why the increases are there and they're present. Um, and it really is uh, reflected in the cost of claims. The cost of claims are increasing. You know, if somebody's going in and have a procedure done for their shoulder, if you go back to 2019, 2020, maybe the cost to have your shoulder uh, procedure done, an orthoscopic shoulder procedure done, might have been $20,000. Now 
Fast forward to today, and you start looking around $25,000. Why is that? Well, again, you got to look at the providers, the doctors, the nurses, all the folks that are involved in the process. Their wages have increased and increased pretty significantly. All those things trickle down into the system and ultimately funnel their way out in the form of premium, or if you're a self-insured client, into the cost of your claims. All the insurance carriers across the state of New Jersey, and you've got AmeriHealth, Aetna, Cigna, Horizon, United Healthcare, all of them are engaged in contractual agreements they have with providers, health systems, doctors, their physicians. And what they're doing is renegotiating terms that includes how they reimburse for care. And all those reimbursements from those healthcare providers, the doctors, the physicians, the health systems, they're looking for elevated reimbursements. They have to because everything else, everything else is increasing in its cost. So it's, you know, again, we're going to see it in healthcare and it's going to continue. The only thing I'll say, Mike, that's unique to New Jersey that has been, again, there's two sizes. There's there's the benefit to it and obviously the associated cost. We benefit from the area in which we reside. There is great health care in the state of New Jersey. There are great health systems. There are great providers, great doctors, great physicians, great nurses up and down the state. We're also sandwiched in between New York and Philadelphia. We are talking about the best health care in the world. There is a cost to that. We all have to pay it. And there is that element that comes into play. The other side of it, though, is New Jersey is also pretty unique in that you have a pretty vibrant market as far as health insurers. Again, I had mentioned Aetna, AmeriHealth, Cigna, Horizon, United Healthcare. You've got five health insurers in the market that are all actively competing for business, um, whether it's on a fully insured basis or you know, if you're using them on a self-insured basis for administration of your claims. They're kind of you know, providing a check and balance so that if anyone's calling for a significant rate increase um, to account for, again, healthcare trend, inc- inflation, uh, there's market actors, again, the other competing carriers are willing to bring that down. And for the past few years, we've really seen that play out. Our member banks have been in a position where they've been able to leverage the market, or at least knowing that there's other competition out there, to be able to be in a position where they're able to stay with their existing carriers because we know the market is reacting, responding, and there are people that are willing to provide a competitive proposal. Again, it's a market condition that is a reaction to medical trend, healthcare inflation, but the unique circumstance here in New Jersey is that we are fortunate that we have a pretty vibrant insurance market and insurance landscape that has been to the benefit of our members and something we anticipate you know, continuing to play out. So as much as there's the inflationary pressures of the costs, we also have uh, an active market that is trying to push that down, which is, again, just market forces. You go to other parts of the country, there might be one or two insurance carriers in any said market. And when you have that type of uh, element in play, it's rarely to the benefit uh, of the employer and the employees, the ultimate customer. That's what we're seeing. So so can you delve down into that a little bit more? You know, the market forces are in play. So how does an organization um, address these costs by harnessing these market forces? You know, as you know, Margins are shrinking, costs are rising across the board for, uh, for banks. So yep. what could they do? What's the what's the play here of how to how to harness those market forces? Well, you got you got a couple of different options. And there's different strategies that can be employed, different strategies that can be put into place. One strategy is to go out to the open market. You know, you're with 
XYZ insurance carrier. You can go out to the open market each year and say, hey, we need to have a proposal and a response. We need your best and final rates. And you just leverage the market and, and you go back and you look at, all right, who's the best price? Who's the best overall value? And, and, and you go forward with that approach. I would caution anyone that's doing that on a year-over-year basis. Uh, the, the caution that I would lend to that is when you keep going out to the market and you keep putting out to bid your healthcare plan is what we're talking about right now. When you keep putting that out to bid, the insurance carriers know that. They know that each year you're shopping around. You're not necessarily um, you know, sticking with any one carrier. You're, you're jumping back and forth. That's not necessarily a good thing. You want to be strategic about how you use your approach to going out to the market. Maybe in year one, you do that and you see who's going to come back with a competitive offer. In year two, maybe you just caution your existing insurance carrier and you say, listen, we need you to come back with a competitive renewal. Otherwise, you're going to go out to bid. There's just different ways to go about it, but you need to have a strategy and you need to have open dialogue and conversations with your insurance carrier partners. It's one of the things we do here at Bankers Cooperative Group. We're talking to our customers. We understand where they need to be, what they want to be doing. We're openly talking and working with our partners, and they are our partners as well, and that's the insurance carriers, to let them know and understand, here's where we're looking to be. This is what we need. Here's the defined outcome. And I would just emphasize, you know, everything's all about the strategy, and you need to have some kind of overarching philosophy about how you want to go about it. And it's not just a, hey, we, we got a renewal, renewal, let's react and respond. You want to have a game plan before you even get to that point. And that game plan needs to be well before you even see uh, a renewal being put in front of you on the desk to start talking about it. So, so that's a great explanation of the macroeconomic pressures that we see and, and how to actually leverage purchasing power. But then let's drop it down to the micro and, and the employees. Empl insurance you know, is complex. For a lot of employees, it could be confusing. What can organizations do and what are they doing to help employees understand the benefits that they have? Because a lot of money is spent on this and in, in, uh, employees don't necessarily know the uh, value of their benefits. It's hard. No, it, great question, Mike. It, it's hard. Um, look, organizations are spending a lot of money on employee benefits. And here we are talking about it. And you know, I'm probably using some terms and some some language here that's you know not the norm. It, Insurance is a different language. It really, really is. The thing we emphasize to everyone we work with and then ultimately to employees is we're trying to simplify. Take the complex, take the complex, which is insurance and insurance language, and look to simplify it. That would be the theme. And that's how I would respond is, you know, for employers and how they deliver benefits to their employees, do your very best. As complex as it is, look to make it simple. The other thing we would always say is when the opportunity presents itself, look to be consistent in your approach. Have continuity, have stability. If you're the employer that's consistently changing your plans every year, if you're going back and forth between insurance carriers, if you're changing your dental plan, you're changing your vision plan, you're doing things with life and disability, what happens in that environment is, is you confuse your employees. It's already confusing enough. So if you're doing things every year and you're changing it up, they never get the opportunity to really understand what they have. And listen, the reality of it is employers are offering benefits to attract employees and to retain employees. It's a strategic tool to help with the human capital coming into your organization. 
you want to be strategic about it. And one of the things we're strategic about with our clients is when and where possible, look to keep it simple. And the simplicity also comes in how you communicate these plans to your employees. People don't want to see insurance language in a 10, 12, 14 page outline. It needs to be simplified. The messaging needs to be simplified because if it's too complex, they're not going to understand it and they're not going to value it. And what you're trying to get for your investment is a return on that investment. And the return in this sense with employee benefits is that employees appreciate what you have. Now, again, Mike, going back to your question, what's what, what's the guidance we would give when and where you can look to keep it simple? That's great. Um, so, so that's what you would tell the HR leaders that you spend a lot of time working yep. in collaboration with. What are you hearing back from them right now? You know, well, here's what we see. Because we spend, I would tell you, here at Bankers Cooperative Group, where do we spend most of our time? We spend most of our time with human resources leaders. And, and what we're hearing uh, from the HR office today, listen, it's hard. It is really, really hard. What HR is telling us is, is where it's hard, not only is the job hard, there's not enough hours in the day. You know, the amount of things they need to stop, stay on top of, it's overwhelming. But where it's really hard for HR is finding talent, finding good people and keeping good people. You know, that's one of the things that really comes to the top of the list as far as what we're hearing from HR. So not only is HR stretched, but particularly on the talent acquisition and talent retention side is where it is really, really hard. And it's gotten harder. It was always difficult. It was always challenging. But particularly here the past two, three years, it's gotten even more challenging. You know, whether that's on account of the pandemic or another other factors, it's just become increasingly challenging to find good people to come into your organization. And it's equally as difficult to keep them in your organization once you have them. So again, we go back to, well, how do you help on that front? Benefits are a big part of that equation. The other thing we're hearing, Mike, from, from HR is this is, you know, uh, an implication of, of what transpired from the pandemic. And that is, you know, the whole environment of where do people work? Are they working in the office full time? Are they working remotely full time? Is there some kind of hybrid dynamic in play? And, and where that comes into play for HR is just the organization's culture. And everyone in HR is really trying to figure out is how do we how do we reimagine or how do we re-engineer culture? Whether an organization realizes it or not, there is a culture. And, and many times it is intentional. There is an intentional and deliberate approach to your organization's culture. And when people are not in the office full time or there is not the same opportunity to get to people, it's hard to create that type of culture. I mean, you know, people are, are staring at each other across from screens. But you know, when you have that new hire that's looking for mentorship from you know, their, their manager, and they have to jump on a call and they can't just walk down the hall to the office. They're, it's different. It's just different. I'm not saying it's something is right or wrong. All I'm saying is it's presented a new challenge for HR is how do we manage to an environment that's probably not going back fully to the way it was two, three years ago? And how do we incorporate culture into things that we do, recognizing there's going to be some form or some variation of remote and hybrid work and work in the office and bring all these things bringing all these things together. Those are the challenges. Not enough time a day, being stretched really thin, finding talent, and how do we bring, bring together a culture that our organization has thrived upon, but was disrupted over the past two, three years. That's what we're hearing from HR, Mike. So we only have one minute left, and I appreciate you taking the time with us. 
what's one piece of advice that you would share with an employer when it comes to employee benefits? Really, really good question. Uh, aside from keeping it simple, um, I would say develop and maintain a philosophy. What is your philosophy? And it kind of ties back into my earlier comments about culture. With your organization, you need to identify what is your overarching philosophy when it comes to employee benefits? You know, do we want to be consistent in the things that we offer? Do we want to be simple in the things that we offer? Do we want to always be looking at things that are progressive in their nature, always you know, at the forefront of new things? Whatever it is, and again, there's no right or wrong here, but you need to have some kind of overarching and guiding philosophy because when you have a philosophy, it helps in the execution of strategy because then when you have that renewal that's put upon you, you know, here we are, you know, you know, coming into the fall, when you get that renewal from that health insurer, if you have a philosophy and you get that renewal, whether it's a significant increase, there's no changes, the philosophy is going to help guide the strategy of what you do with it and how you go about it moving forward. Develop the philosophy. It will guide your strategies and it'll help you with what you do in the delivery of the employee benefits to your organizations. Well, thank you so much. And thank you all for tuning in. Today, again, we had Matt Cooney, President and CEO of Bankers Cooperative Group. For the New Jersey Banker Podcast, I'm Mike Afuso.